Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, our new small groups coordinator, Morgan Klein, shared her story. We got a glimpse of what God has done in her life when it comes to moving her from a place of complacency to contentment. Follow along to hear more. We hope you enjoy this message. I am Morgan, if I haven't met you, and if you don't know my face, I am still pretty new here. I have been working at FGS for a little over a month now. I get to hang out a lot with the high schoolers, but you'll see me around too. Um, I took Rachel's position. So if you remember Rachel Baylor, she's super great. She's still around. I got to step into her role. and super exciting and super fun. I have really loved being here. Um, maybe, hopefully y'all already know this, but if you don't, FGS is a great place, full of great people, You have great leaders in this room. FGS has awesome staff. I can say that because I've been working with them these last several weeks. And then FGS as a whole is just an awesome place, and you have really awesome resources. Um, So this is just me reminding you of that. You have people who love you and care for you and want to help you grow. Um, So use your resources while you're here. It's a really great place. Um, So I'm really thankful not to only worship here, but also get to work here. And this morning, I'm going to share with you a bit about my story and one of the many ways that God has worked in my life um, and brought me to himself. I got to tell the high schoolers this a few weeks ago. So any high schoolers in the room, they get round two. So bear with me. Um, But I'll pray for us, and then we will get started. God, thank you um, that you are our God, um, that we can stand on you on a rock of faithfulness, God, that you are unchanging and unshakable, um, even when things around us feel crazy or scary or unknown, God, that you are our God. Um, I'm thankful that we each have a story um, and that we get to know more of you through these stories and share that with others. Um, So, Father, would my story um, really be your story, a reflection of who you are this morning, and would we walk away knowing just a bit more about you and your character um, and trusting you more. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Okay, so first I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I am from a small town in East Tennessee called Kingsport, um, and I grew up in a sweet little family. Um, Pretty, probably similar to y'all. I would go to church on Sundays. Um, I had friends at church. Um, If you know anything about me in the few weeks I've been here, you probably know that I really love my family. We're all pretty close. And I specifically really love my nieces. I have a niece that is one named Charlie and another niece named Claire, and she is four, and they are just super sweet. I love any time I get with them. I'm really concerned, will I ever love my own children just as much? I know I will, but I love them that much. I don't know how I could ever do that. But I love my family a lot, and then a month ago, I also got engaged. So that's super exciting. So if you know anything about me, those are the basics. Thank you, everyone. It is exciting. Um, But before the nieces, before the brother-in-laws and the fiancés, it was just my family in East Tennessee. So I have two parents, a mom and a dad. And then I have an older sister, myself, and a younger sister. And we're all pretty close in age. Um, so I'm a middle child. Are there any middle children in here? Yeah. Wow, there's a lot of middle children here. I love it. We're in this together. Um, so I had an older sister and a younger sister. And I, pretty average life, like I said. 
Um, I had a lot of comfort. My parents provided everything for me. In elementary and middle school, I was just testing out the sports. My parents allowed us to try new things so we could find out what we're passionate about, what we're good at. So I was playing soccer. I got to try basketball, tumbling, piano, anyone? Some piano. Oh, we got some piano players out there. I wish I kept it up. So if you're still doing it, keep it up. Yes, nice, piano player back there. Keep up your instruments, people. It's a skill you can carry with you all through life. But I was trying out all the things, and I was really enjoying it. I like to have fun, um, and I also just really liked to be comfortable, and I was living the comfortable life. Um, my parents provided everything for me, and honestly, I really didn't have to work for much. I did have my chores here and there, but I was the kid who, when we went out shopping, um, so you go to the mall and you go into Claire's, and they always have the buy two earrings, get one free. I assume they still have that, but this was a long time ago. They still have it. So I was the kid who found this stuff, and I would just be like, please, this is what I want. And my dad would buy it for me, and I would promise to pay him back later. But he knew good and well, and agreeing to buy these things for me, I actually did not have any money to give to him. He was just being kind and giving it to me. But really, my sisters were getting super upset and frustrated because they were much more wise with their money and would save it, so they did have the money to pay back. But they knew I did it, and they knew I was getting out free, and that I just, I got my earrings, and I was going off live. So it was really easy, and it was really comfortable. And this was true for pretty much all of middle school, and really most of high school, too. I was just living a very comfortable life, and I was okay with that. I didn't want change. I had my older sister and my younger sister. They were like my buffers. I can vividly remember at school, or not school, school too, but specifically at church. Um, we had Sunday school in the morning, and something, and when I was in middle school, or something about the high school ministry and the high schoolers like really scared me and intimidated me. They were like really old and just like really cool, and I was like, I could never attain that, and it was super nerve-wracking. Let me just tell you now, that's not true. So as you age out of middle school, I will be happy to invite you into the high school ministry. But I was so nervous. But you know what? At the end of the day, it didn't really matter because my older sister was there. So whenever I went up to the high school ministry, I could like sit in the background and be super comfortable, and she could speak for me, and I was okay with that. Um, I allowed her to do that, and so I just kept to myself, and I just coasted through with life and stayed comfortable. But then, you know, she gets older, and so she leaves the high school ministry, or she graduates high school, and it's just me, and it's like, oh, I don't actually have anything to be worried about. There's not too much change happening because my little sister's coming up right behind me. So I always had someone there with me. I always had my buffer. My sisters, they were like my bumper guards, you know, in bowling, rolling the bowling ball down the lane. And if it started to go off, they just like put me back on path and I could strike out every time. I could be comfortable. Yeah, that's right. We got a woo for the strike. <laughs> so my sisters, they were really my buffer. And so I got to live super comfortably. Um, not much had to change. And if anything did change or hard things came my way, like if there was girl drama or boy drama, I don't know. We know those things are real. Girl drama is real. My sisters were there to protect me, and they would stand up for me. Or maybe, like, my heart got broken because I tried to date a boy. But they were there to stand up for me and protect me. Or if any kind of change happened, I had people to lean on, and they were my insulation. Um, 
And so not much change was happening in my life, and I became super, super comfortable. Um, Until it was later in high school, and maybe through me telling you this now, you don't have to get to high school to start growing in your faith. But it was later in high school that the Lord started really stirring in my heart. Um, I grew up in a Christian family, and I did attend church. And if you asked me questions, I could give you the right answer. Um, And I was comfortable. I was good with that. Um, And so I would have told you my whole life, I I have known the Lord. I don't remember a day without the Lord. I've always kind of known his presence there. But for most of my childhood and my teenage years, um, it kind of stayed there. It was like, I know God's there. I know he loves me. And he might be saying a few things to me, but it's going to take some change. It's going to take stepping out of my comfort zone. It's going to take some effort to like really grow in that. And I was comfortable. And so I didn't really want that change. Um, But later on in high school, the Lord was really stirring in my heart. I don't know if it was in a new way or he was just tuning my ears better to hear his voice. Um, But I started to wrestle with this. I'm really comfortable and I actually like my comforts, but God is trying to tell me something else. Um, So there's this tension going on, but I knew there is just more to life. There is more to be had, Um, and that is true of all of us. Maybe you've experienced that feelings, uh, those feelings, and you haven't really been able to identify it. Um, But in Ecclesiastes, um, let's see, Ecclesiastes, I should have been following along, but I wasn't. Three, Ecclesiastes 3.11, it tells us that eternity has been set into our hearts. So this is true of all of humanity, whether believer or non-believer, as image bearers of God and the way he created us, eternity has been set into our hearts. So we all have this internal longing that has been put inside of us that at the end of the day says, like, there's got to be more. There's something else out there. Um, Maybe you have seen that in yourself when the new iPhone comes out and you tell your parents, like, I promise I will never ask for the iPhone again. Just give me this last one. But then it happens a few years later and, like, you want the new thing. Like, nothing is satisfying you. You want more. And we all have that set in our hearts. So I started to have those feelings. Um, Has anyone in this room heard of the name Tom Brady? We've, we all have at least heard the name. I honestly couldn't tell you much about him, but I do know he was a really great football player. Um, he won lots and lots of football games and lots of Super Bowl rings. He actually won lots of Super Bowls. You had to win those to get the rings. But from all worldly standards, like he was killing it. He had the money. He has the fame. He just has the stuff. So we would probably say like, that's kind of the life we want. We want all these things and we want to fill up ourselves with all these things. I want you to listen to this quick, it's a short clip, but while you're listening to it, just know that this is after his third Super Bowl win and he has like all the things you could probably ever want. Money, the fame, the people. He's got it. And then he goes to an interview and this is what he has to say. Still think that Tom Brady out there for me. I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life is. Maybe I think, God, it's got to be more than this. I mean, this isn't 
this can't be what it's all cracked up to be. I mean, I've done it. I'm 27. And what else is it for me? What's the answer? I wish I knew. Wish I knew. So Tom Brady, who has like all that you could probably fathom or imagine, he is also even saying like, I have it all, but there's got to be more. Like just another win, another ring. And he goes on to win at least four more from my understanding, from a little bit of research I did on Tom Brady. Um, but he's super successful to the point that we would probably look at his life and say like, surely he's content. He's got it. He's feeling good. But he even says, like, no, like, there's got to be more. Like, I just want more. And so I had those feelings as I was ending my time in high school of there's just got to be more to life. There has to be more than my comfort. Like, this is good, but, like, there's just got to be more. I had lived comfortably for so long that I had to reach this place of complacency and I, I wasn't feeling content. So complacency and contentment, they kind of sound similar. They both start with a C. So we're going to break them down a bit. Contentment is being satisfied with what you have and trusting God in your circumstances. Being satisfied with what you have and trusting God in your circumstances. That is contentment. But I found myself in a place of complacency. So complacency is a feeling of satisfaction with our own abilities and situation that keep us from change. And I was in that spot. I was super comfortable, and I didn't really want change. So I started to live complacency. I was totally fine with what I had and my own abilities. Um, so they both sound pretty similar. Contentment, complacency, C words. They both have this like, sense of satisfaction in them, but there's, there's nuances that keep them a little bit different. So one, we're trusting in God, and one, we're trusting in self. And so to further demonstrate this analogy, I brought some goodies with me. Just bear with me. One of these is um, just a water balloon. And one is, like, kind of water because it hasn't been in the freezer all morning. But there's ice in here, too. So they look very similar, right? And we just said, like, contentment and complacency, like, they sound pretty similar. They both, like, have this satisfaction that comes along with it. But sometimes hard things in life come our way, like a safety pin, for example. Hard things come. And if I'm just like feeling, if I'm in a place of complacency, like I'm relying on myself and hard things happen. Ah! Sorry, I should not have reacted that way. (laughs) I knew that was going to (laughs) happen. And I got my papers, but it's fine. But hard things come my way and there's like nothing to stand on. Like the balloon is no longer a balloon. It's just plastic. But... Complacency, we said they look very similar, or contentment, excuse me. This is contentment. Hard things come our way. I just need y'all to pretend that this is like completely frozen. See, okay, hard things happen, and yes, life is hard, but it's keeping its shape. Sorry, I'm yelling this morning. It's keeping its shape, because in contentment, 
I'm not relying on my own abilities. I'm not satisfied in what I can do or my own comforts, but I'm relying on God. I'm satisfied with what God has given me. That doesn't make it easy. Hard things come and life happens, but I'm content with what God has given me, and I trust him in my situation. It doesn't mean that it's an easy situation because life gets really, really hard, and unknowingly things happen, and it's life but we can trust God in it and we can keep our shape. We can stand on a solid rock of God's faithfulness. I'm gonna just put that away. It's a little wet up here. So this morning we're talking about contentment over complacency. And so senior year, I was trying to find some contentment in my time with the Lord. I really, started to desire to know the Lord more and grow in him um, and trust him rather than trust myself. Um, But I said earlier, I like always knew God was there. We've been told that in church our whole lives. Like God is there, his presence is there. He's always talking to you. He loves you. And I always knew those things to be true. He was always there, um, but I never took time to like really listen to him or turn my heart to him and hear what he had to say. And so we're moving on to analogy two because we've had too much fun up here. Why make it stop? Um, This is a radio. I don't know if you've ever seen one of these. But there are radio waves around us at all time. I don't know if you know about that. Surprise. There are radio waves around us at all times. It's like always there, always happening. And so in order to find kind of what's happening around us, we turn the radio on. and we hear some things. So we're now we're like super aware that the radio waves are there. Can you hear that? You hear that? We're super aware the radio waves are there. So we can change the channel. 89.3, I know where you're going with this and I like it. His radio, everyone. Okay, so we found a radio station. It's super clear now. We understand the frequencies and the radio waves that are going on around us. So before we found the radio station, we had some options. We could just listen to this white noise together. It's super lovely. And we can just be super aware that the radio waves are active. We could turn it off because that's kind of annoying. And we can tune it out and say, it's not worth the effort. It's really just not worth trying a station. Or we can find his radio, 89.3. That was a really good call. You knew where I was going with that. And we can, like, make sense of what's happening around us and make sense of the radio waves. So isn't that also true for us and God? We're like, we know he's always there. He's always around us. There's a good chance that he always is saying something to us and wants to make us aware of something. And we also still have the same, excuse me, three options. We can just tune it out and turn it off and say it's, it's not worth the change, it's not worth the effort that goes into hearing God. We can just live like I lived for a super long time and say like, I know it's there, I'm aware, and I'm just gonna listen to the noise and I'm not gonna try to make sense of it. Or we can turn our hearts to hear God and try to make sense of what's happening, and we get those clear frequencies, the clear His radio station. 
and we get to make sense of it. Again, that doesn't mean it's easy. Hard things are going to happen, but we actually get to hear from God and start to make some change and start to grow in new ways that maybe we probably wouldn't have known before had we had decided just to tune it out. So Proverbs 132 says, For the wayward of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. The complacency of fools will destroy them. So it's foolish to be complacent, because like really where am I headed if I'm not listening to God? I'm not just gonna like stumble into obedience. I don't just that doesn't just happen. Often I stumble into complacency. I stumble into not listening to God. And then Revelation 3, 3, 15 through 16, and dry all our papers, says, I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. So the Laodiceans, they knew what Jesus was talking about when he said this. So the cold water that came from a spring was their drinking water because it's cold. We like the refreshing cold water. And they also had these hot springs that they would bathe in. So it was either cold, it was useful for drinking, or it was hot, and it was useful for bathing. But if it got to them and it was lukewarm, I don't know if you've ever taken a sip of water and it was lukewarm, but that's disgusting. You don't want it. You would rather spit it out. And Jesus says, you're not hot or cold. You're, you're not useful in the kingdom, and so I'm just going to spit you out. And they would know what he was talking about there because they had their cold drinking water, and it would sometimes get to them, and it was lukewarm, and it was no good. So we're, it's actually a dangerous spot to be in, to live in complacency. Jesus says, I'll spit you out of my mouth. You're not useful. So being complacent is actually really dangerous spot. So contentment over complacency. Our last scripture we'll read this morning comes from 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 7, and it says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. Godliness with contentment is great gain. We brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. So as Tom Brady, we can collect all of the fame we want. We can collect all the money and the goods that we want. I, for a long time, collected all the comfort that I wanted, but those weren't things that were ultimately going to satisfy me, and they weren't going to actually get me anywhere. But godliness with contentment is great gain. There's great reward in finding contentment in God. And you know what? It may not be a reward that we see on this side of heaven, but godliness with contempt is great gain. Living a life with God and growing with him, we get to spend eternity with him and celebrating him together with all of his people. So contentment over complacency. So I was actually really fearful of change, even if it was good change that came in my life, because it meant getting out of my comfort zone. But what's also really sad is that I sat in your seats for a long time. I was a middle schooler, and I got to listen to all of the good things about Jesus. 
but I didn't actually leave middle school knowing any more about God than I did when I started middle school because I just lived super comfortably. I didn't want change. I didn't want my leaders to press into the hard places and challenge me to change. But my hope in sharing that with you this morning is that that's not true for you. That you, as a middle schooler, stepping into this place, you get to leave this ministry knowing more about God and knowing more about yourself and how he's created you than when you first got here. And that you choose living contentment, contently, over complacently. So we are going to go into our small groups And hopefully you've heard some things that have stirred questions or thoughts that you can share together. Um, After I pray for us, girls will head out the right, guys will head out the left. And if you don't know where you're going, come see me and we'll get you where you need to be. So join me in praying. God, thank you um, that you do challenge us and you push us and you grow us even when it's really, really hard. I pray that we would be a people who would choose to live contently, Father, trusting you, trusting your firm foundation over trusting ourselves, um, even if it means doing the hard thing, not being in the popular crowd, God, that we would choose you over choosing relying on ourselves, knowing that's actually the safest place to be, is walking with you. So, Father, be in our conversation as we gather together. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.